0: Hey Becoming Me. I am so excited to introduce you to Nick. Nick, welcome to Becoming Me.
1: It is so good to be here with you, Emily. Thanks for having me. Hi, everybody. Wherever you are in the world watching this, listen to this today.
0: Thank you for joining me. I'm excited to dive into your story. And I think we should probably kick off with the hardest question of this time. Who is Nick?
1: Nick. Nick is a Air Force brat, grew up sixth generation Texan. Now in my early 30s, moved all over the world, and somehow found this man in Jesus, and is just trying to use his life to the best of his ability uh, to point people to a meaningful life, hand in hand with Jesus. I always say it this way: I say I want to use my life to help people actually learn to enjoy Jesus Mm. and not just feel like they have to obey him so that's me in a nutshell from a 50,000 foot uh, view
0: that's amazing so you're from Texas does that mean you're a Texas football fan
1: I am graduated from the University of Texas I'm a Longhorns fan big we were there when the Texas Longhorns were uh, I was there should say when they were actually winning every single game and it's a huge fan huge fan I know you're in Florida though right
0: on the Gator Grad, you know. Okay, so okay. I
1: was there when Tebow was at Florida, I was at Texas and Colt McCoy and all that jazz. So we were competing quite a bit against each other.
0: That's really cool. You guys have a beautiful stadium too. When I was moving back to Florida from Vegas, I stopped through and it is a beautiful campus. That's well
1: cool. I, I the swamp's not bad itself either though. Everybody You guys hold your own down there. I've been a couple of times and I've been to the Georgia, Florida game. So I know that's a big deal as well.
0: Always a good time. That's awesome. I love it. Well, hey, I would love for you to just take some time and unpack your journey. Like what has made you who you are today?
1: Man, what a question. I am in a – yeah, so as I mentioned kind of earlier, I am an Air Force brat. So I am a, a sixth-generation Texan son of four generations of Air Force pilots. And so that tells – if you know anything about military, you know that we moved around every like two to three years. That's been my life. I grew up, was born and raised in Texas, but moved pretty quickly uh, lived in about ten different cities before I was thirteen years old, and then ended up living in high school overseas. So, have a humongous passion for people and for just different cultures, and you know, just the whole the whole array of people that you meet all over the world and all over our country, and and just absolutely love people. But uh, a huge part of my story is that, that family uh, my parents got divorced at a young age, and. Uh, that led me kind of on this journey uh, to find uh, significance and try to understand my value in life uh, and really ended up um, at a young age, kind of being introduced to Jesus and, and and wanting to know who he was a little bit more, all because somebody invited me to, uh, to a summer camp, heard the gospel there, came to know Christ, and um, kind of the rest was history. Um, really struggled for a long time, Emily, just understanding what that meant to follow him and uh, one part of my background in my story is I've been a professional actor for 25 years since I was young. And so been on TV shows and commercials and film and hosting things. And when I was in college, I ended up actually going to an arts conservatory, University of North Carolina School of the Arts for a year and had a real God encounter there. Um, kind of just crossing roads and trying to figure out which way I was going to go in life and how I was going to journey and uh, ended up leaving that place after making a lot of bad decisions and uh, ended up in Austin and ended up at the University of Texas and met a guy through Young Life who discipled me all through college, taught me a lot about intentional community and living my life and giving it away. Uh, And that really changed my world. And it shaped pretty much everything I've done since then uh, has been this relationship and my journey through Young Life where my world turned around in college uh, ended up living with a bunch of guys in college, 16 guys in a house, left college, graduated, went to Los Angeles, did the entertainment world, got out of there for a little bit, started working in consulting, and then somehow wound up uh, meeting this guy named Louie Giglio at pa- the Passion City Church crew and Passion Conferences and worked for four years as a college pastor in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, grew a huge passion, obviously, because of my own story for young adults. Uh, and now it's really where I spend the rest of my life now. I uh, no longer work at Passion, planted a church in Austin and uh, recently have uh, resigned from that church. And now I do quite a few things, uh, but mostly try to help um, really people's stories and different organizations and uh, my own events and experiences that I lead uh, help people connect to Jesus in a meaningful way. Uh, And so we do, I do everything from events and gatherings, experiences all across our country, partnering with organizations and ministries to build their own experiences online or in person. Um, I work with an organization called Pulse, pulse Pulse.org, a guy named Nick Hall, who's an evangelist and helped uh, really make a lot of his uh, events and his um, ministry endeavors happen. And then I have my own nonprofit that God has allowed me to lead in Austin, Texas called The Gathering. And we are a group of young adults that we meet for unique nights of worship, word and prayer in the heart of Austin, Texas. And so quite a few things over the place. But in short, the best way of saying it is I try to use my skills, my heart and my time to engage people uh, through content like this, anything at all to engage in a life with, uh, with Jesus in a meaningful way.
0: Well, that's incredible. And I love seeing how the threads of God have just Flown through your story. Um, And his hand has really been on you this entire time. I know where you are now does not take him by surprise uh, by any means. And what he's just doing through you from your experience is incredible. So I love following you on social media, seeing how you're mentoring different people. It's dynamic. You know, you're at a coffee shop right now. So I got to ask you um, what's your coffee order?
1: What a great question. It honestly depends on the day. I'm trying right now, Emily, I'm not going to lie, to keep the calories off. So uh, it's kind of, I guess we're going into beach season, and I'm and not to try to sound vain here to anybody, but you know, you're just trying to, we're out of COVID. We're going to the beach for the first time. We had to drop the 30 pounds we gained over the past year. So, Right now, coffee of choice is just black, black cold brew. Um, I am going to, I'm not going to lie to you though. I did pick up a couple shots of espresso with some oat milk in it. So yeah, uh, there we go right now. It can, it can oscillate between those two.
0: I'm right there with you. It's either like black or very sugary. It's nowhere in between. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but if you were having a cup of coffee with someone at this coffee shop right now, What would you say to encourage them to become who God made them to be?
1: You know, so much of my story, you know, my parents uh, separated at a young age. And as a guy, you know, if you don't know this about men, a lot of men carry around in their heart uh, this question, do I have what it takes to be a man? And so a lot of our life ends up looking like trying to figure that out and prove that I'm a man in a lot of different ways. And so for me, a lot of my story was that. You know, whether that was in the acting world and the TV shows I was on or, you know, as I preached, even you can even it's weird how that can be twisted in a lot of ways. you Get on stage and you start preaching. And, and so a lot of what I've learned in my life is, uh, is that that who you are is so unique and the way that God wants to affirm that has nothing to do with the applause of people. So I tell you, first of all, uh, man, just stop living for the flaws or stop living for people's uh, desire uh, or your desire for people to tell you that you're good enough. God's already told you that. He's already been able to tell you, read Ephesians chapter one, read the 17, 18 things he calls you in Christ in the first 17 sentences of that chapter. Uh, It's your blueprint, your identity in Christ. That's who you are. And so who you're becoming is a person that he already knows. In fact, there's a verse in Revelation, I think it's Revelation 2.17, that says, at the end of life, I'm going to give you a white stone. It'll have a name on it, and only God and you will know what that name is. Uh, C.S. Lewis's uh, mentor, George MacDonald, says in that stone, he believes that name that's going to be on that stone is the name of who god sees that you were becoming and who you have become so i might have been nick Brandt over here complete mess and dumpster fire and i might become a little bit more strong in, in christ and he knew this person who i was becoming i'm still a lot of a dumpster fire and probably will be till the end of time but god knew who i was going to be and so what he's constantly trying to do to us emily is speak our name over us who you are who he sees you are and it's all about you living and who the uniqueness of you, you and who you've been made to be. And so you're over here putting on this podcast. You're over here running with this. This is how God's made you, equipped you. I'm overdoing my thing. And, and a lot of times we're crossing paths and we're trying to maybe be somebody that we're not meant to be. We're trying to look for applause from somewhere because we want to live like somebody else. And God's just trying to tell us, hey, be you. Go do you, be you. And what you do is not going to look like anybody else. It's not going to feel like anybody else. It's not going to smell like anybody else. And if you stop worrying about what other people are thinking, saying of you, start living in who you are and who is making you to be, you're going to find a level of freedom that you haven't found in a long time. And Mm so I'm over here every single day trying to tell people, I want you to run your lane. Stay in your lane. Go where you want to go. Do what God's calling you to do. And when you do that, sorry if the noise is picking up in the background. I'm at a coffee shop. There you go. if you do that, you will find a level of freedom you haven't found in a long time. And, uh, and I'm telling you, it's the greatest feeling in the world. I still wrestle with insecurities every single day and comparing myself to other people every single day. But, you know, I'm fighting that more and more uh, by, by declaring who I already am mm-hmm. and then by running closer to the things that I know that I want to do and can do. You know, the last thing I'll say, and I'll be quiet, because now you got to be preaching. But Jesus, it. Bring it Jesus, listen, Jesus was a person often misunderstood. We don't preach about this often. He was a person that was called a glutton, a drunkard. He hung out with, they said he hung out with, these prostitutes, these tax collectors. Understand that he's, it says in scripture, in the gospel of Mark, he didn't entrust himself to man because he knew the heart of man. Hmm. Our hearts, apart from him, apart from him, are not great. And so all the time with him, he exchanges our hearts, our hearts of stone, with a heart of flesh. That he gives us a new heart. But apart from him, we've got to understand that people are going to constantly assume things of us that aren't right, that aren't truth. I mean, this is why Jesus one day is going on a donkey, and everybody's praising his name. But the, but for, you know, but a week later, he's being crucified. And so. Don't live for what people are going to say about you live for what God is telling you and, and guiding. You you've got to get with the Lord. You got to be with the Lord. You got to listen to his voice, let him guide you and tell you, and you got to take steps of faith in those things. You've got to risk. If you risk, that's what faith is. If you risk and you're willing to risk in faith, in him, God's going to reward it. You're going to start doing the things that God's called you to do and who you're becoming. And uh, you're gonna find a lot of freedom. Listen to his voice. Listen to what he says about you. Follow that. Risk in it. See where it leads you.
0: That is so good and such wise wisdom for each of us. You know, another question before we wrap up, if someone was listening to you right now and they are caught in that trap of people pleasing, they are stuck in who they think other people want them to be, opinions of others, they've been chasing after it for so long that maybe they don't know how to get back to who God designed them to be. What are a couple practical things that they can walk away from your story and just start applying, whether it's getting in God's word or who? should they talk to? What should they dive into? What's something tangible that they can take away and start start taking these steps forward?
1: You know, I would tell you, like, every part of my life, Emily, has to begin and end in solitude, alone with God, and I I'm in communion with Him. Uh, notice I didn't say in, in your word every day, 10 minutes, 15, 30, whatever you want to do. Like, we can get, as Christians, in the right, with all the right intentions, into this sort of, like, rhythmic, like it's gotta be this, 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 this. And I've got to do it this much. I gotta be and 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 I think some of that is 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 healthy for some of us. Like there are some guys that I, I walk with and I'm like, bro, you need some discipline. All right, you need to learn in your life how to to not live so spontaneously. Some of us need to understand that mm-hmm. communion is about, you know, you and I are communing right now. We're in a relationship and a friendship right now. Mm-hmm. And and so this journey of communion with God. Uh, involves a lot more than just sitting down with my latte and my Bible and my journal, which are great things, but communion with God involves what are the things that bring you alive with him? Do you understand? Are you connecting the dots that, you know, I love, like I'll give you an example. I love driving around town at sunset with my cold brew that I told you about earlier. And I love windows down and music wearing, and I feel closest to God in that sometimes Mm -hmm. that's communion with God for me. Uh, you know, I can either drive and let that terminate on itself. And yeah, there's a great sunset and I'm driving and it's wonderful. Or I can worship God by thanking him. Uh, another thing, gratitude list for me. I, I practice gratitude. I, on days I don't even feel like it, writing 20 things down that I'm thankful for. The guys I'm walking with, we're texting each other. We're in a group text every single day, but we are texting each other 10 to 20 things that we're thankful for. And some days and I'm not feeling like being thankful Somebody else, my friend Paul will text me a list of things he's thankful for, and it'll lift my spirits and it'll remind me I should do that. You know, the word uh, in Voskamp's work, uh, One Thousand Gifts Changed My Life, this whole idea of eucharisteo, it's this Greek word for thanksgiving, akara, meaning joy, right? Eucharisteo, to give joy. It's connected that grace and joy are connected. When you acknowledge the goodness of God, the grace of God, you find the joy of God. And so Psalm 100 says in the message version, we enter into God's presence by the password. And the password is thank to you. So you want to be with God. You want to find joy in his presence, his joy. Be thankful, practice gratitude, live close with God, Commune with him. Those are two practical things I tell you.
0: I love it. Very, very tangible, practical. Um, I love the fact that when we know whose we are, we really do know who we are. And it all starts with, as you said, Walking in communion with God and showing that gratitude towards Him. You know, Nick, if somebody was watching and they wanted to follow your journey, all the million things that you do, um, where could they connect with you online?
1: Oh, that's awesome. Thanks for offering. And I, I love meeting people and, and getting to chat with people and friends across the internet sphere. Uh, you can find me at the Nick Brandt on Instagram or at Nick Brandt on Twitter. That's N-I-C-K-B-R-A-N-D-T. Uh, We're in the process of putting together a little bit of a website, which I honestly have struggled with doing, uh, but realize that, man, there's just people that want to connect and see some of the work. And I'd love for people to just see what God's doing across the world and with some of our friends that are partnering with us in different events and content and interviews like this. And so um, you can do that at nickbrant.co. That's N-I-C-K-B-R-A-N-D-T dot C-O.
0: That's awesome. And y'all, we will have all of these links in the notes. So you can easily connect with Nick. Nick, thank you so much for sharing your journey. I'm so excited to see what God continues to do with and through your life. I'm cheering you on.
1: Emily, I'm cheering you on too. Thanks for the joy.
0: Thank you.